Hi, I'm Ryan Odom, VCU basketball coach. 910 The Fan is proud to be the home of VCU basketball. You're listening to the new sports radio, 910 The Fan, now at 105.1 FM. Richmond's home for VCU basketball, and the season begins with the black and gold scrimmage this Saturday. Uh, coming up at the Seagull Center. Coach, got to ask you about your offense. Everyone's excited about the offense this year. Leo, so many years, Havoc lived here, and we were a great defensive program. I'm so excited to see this team run some great sets offensively. And so how would you kind of describe your offensive philosophy? Yeah, it's fast-paced, right? Uh, it's unselfish. You know, we want to make sure that, you know, the person that's sitting in the Seagull Center that has – has never really watched basketball, that doesn't understand basketball, they can easily look down and say, man, that team's unselfish. They pass, you mm-hmm. know? And, uh, and I think that's something that, you know, we, we hang our hat on. And, and this team has, is, is really starting to, to take note of that and, and really showing signs that they understand it as well. You know, something that we hammer home every day. Uh, and then, you know, we want to score early, you know, if we can, in transition. We want to get out and run and push the pace. Uh, but at the same time, we've got to be able to execute in the half court. We want to be the most balanced team that we can possibly be, you know, on both sides of the ball. And so just because offense is certainly, a, a, you know, a strength, you know, of ours, we want it to be a strength of ours, it remains to be seen, mm-hmm. you know, yet. We'll see how it goes. Uh, defense always has to be there. It doesn't matter what team we've coached over the years. You know, you have to have, you know, a really positive defense in order to be successful. And I know you're big on analytics. You brought an yeah. analytics coach with you here. What's a key stat that you will track offensively? Yeah, I mean, turnovers always, okay. right? And certainly your shooting percentages, you know, the types of shots that you're creating for one another, um, you know, what type of, you know, percentage are, is your team shooting from two? Uh, I think that's a really important thing. I mean, you know, one of the, you know, things in college basketball that you hear about nowadays is, you know, we want to limit, you know, these hard twos that we take, you know, over the course of a game. But, you know, certain teams are good at it. And, you know, the bottom line is, are you putting the ball in the basket? Are you efficient, you know, with your play? And so every team's a little bit different. You know, we've had teams that have been really good from three, all right, and good good from two at the same time. That's dangerous, you Mm -hmm. know, for a defense. Um, You know, are you able to get fouled? You know, you're able to draw fouls, and I think this team will be able to do that. We have some guys that naturally, you know, have that ability, you know, to draw fouls. And so, you know, that's th- those are certainly important factors, you know, as we as we approach it. Are we are is our assist to turnover ratio is it in balance? You know, or are we just throwing the ball all over the place? Mm-hmm. You know, and that's that that takes the ball away from you. So you can be really efficient on offense, but if you're turning it over a ton. Well, now all of a sudden you're you're taking away opportunities, you know, for a really good offense, and so it's really important that you know ball security is something that we we value. Coach, I'd be upset if I didn't ask you because I know the fan base loves when we hit a three point shot. It's yeah. it's the best thing uh, when yeah. VCU hits a three at home, the crowd goes crazy. Anytime Rams go on a big run, you hit a big three, place goes nuts. Who are a couple of the sharpshooters on the roster this year? Does yeah. anyone have a full green light? Yeah, Zeb's really improved his three-point shooting. Right. You know, this year uh, he shoots it. You know, you think it's going in, and he's more confident in his three-point shot. Uh, same thing with Sean Barstow. You know, Sean started out two years ago. He, I think he shot like 15% or something like that. 
you know, our first year with him. Next year, he's 40. And so he really worked at it, you know, over the course of that, that year. And then, you know, we, he, now he's, he's elevated his three-point shot into – he was a standstill three-point shooter last year. Now he's able to come off of screens. He's able to shoot it off the bounce a little bit better from three. And so he's really elevated that aspect of his game. Uh, he's always been a great, you know, attacking guy off the bounce. Max Shoga can really shoot the basketball. Try, needed him to shoot more. You know, <laughs> he needs a little bit more volume because he's so confident going to the basket. Uh, you know, he's he's somebody that we need to shoot. Joe Bamiso is a three-point shooter. Like, he can score, right? But ultimately, when he shoots it, you think it's going in. And so, you know, those are certainly guys that, you know, we'll rely on to shoot. Fats, we need him to shoot it more. You know, I'm always on him, you know, about letting it go. He's confident in his ability, a little bit like Max, you know, to get to the basket. Yeah. And I, but I think he's a really good shooter. And so we want to c- encourage him to do that. And so, you know, we'll see, you know, how it shakes out. Kwani Kwani can make step, you know, standstill threes, mm-hmm. you know, for us. And we'll get, get some of those, you know, this season. And so we need him to knock them down. When you've got three-point shooters, w- would you rather them, you know, like you're saying, they want to attack the basket, would you rather them attack the basket, force the defense to back off, and then they shoot the three, or shoot the three, force the defense to come out, and then they drive right past I them? I mean, we, we want we want standstill threes. You yeah. know, we call them park shots. You know, okay. we want park shots as much as we can. Uh, and, and part of that is created by a quick advantage. And so the faster you push the ball off the court, you know, if you can create an advantage pretty quickly – and then keep the advantage, you know, as, as the ball has continued to get back outside of the paint. You know, if you can break the paint three times, you know, and over the course of a, you know, a possession, chances of you creating, you know, an excellent shot for yourselves is pretty good. This is the new Sports Radio 910 The Fan, now at 105.1 FM, your home for VCU basketball. Robbie Robinson will be on the call yeah. alongside Rodney Ashby. Love the big fella. There we and go. you've gotten to know them a little bit, right, Absolutely. with your coach's show with Robbie Yeah, Robinson. I mean, they're all, all in on VCU hoops, and uh, it's so fun doing shows with Robbie. I have one tomorrow night. Come yep. on out, uh, you know, to watch us and, and listen. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, we're th- so thankful to have, you know, folks that are so – you know, diligent and and caring for our program. Yeah, no, it's so great to see a crowd there. They all want to hear what you have to say. I do the pregame and halftime during the season. Question, has Ryan Odom ever tuned in to 910 The Fan? Yeah, absolutely. No question. You guys are awesome. And, uh, and I will even more, you know, going forward, for sure. Yeah, I mean, if you listen on game day, I'll get you fired up, Coach. Oh, there I'll we go. I'll get you ready I to go. I love it. I love it. And like I said, doors are open all day. If you ever want to promote anything uh, or you got anything you're working on in the community, you just let me know. No doubt. Thanks, Adam. Yep. I appreciate you. Yeah, thanks so much for coming by. I appreciate it. Yep. This is the new Sports Radio 910 The Fan, now at 105.1 FM. Don't go anywhere. Don't change that dial. We'll be right back. from my Welcome back. I'm Adam Epstein. You're listening to AWOD Radio. Here on the new Sports Radio 910 The Fan, now at 105.1 FM. It is spooky season. Halloween is right around the corner. Stub, on Netflix sometime this week, I want to do a debate that I've been having with my friends. All right? You can give me your first thought on the top of your head right now. Better movie theme, Halloween movies or Christmas movies? Halloween by far. I say Christmas by far. Dude, I... Are you kidding me? You know I love horror. I know, but get... yeah, have you ever heard of like all the great Christmas movies out there? There's thousands that you could name. 
I there are not thousands of good Christmas movies. Oh, you're there are not th- there are tens. There's so many good <laughs> there Christmas are tens. movies. Oh my goodness! Would you just grow up and you just watch you no, know I, slasher I, movies on Christmas morning? <laughs> That's what you did. You watched Blood and Gore. No, I only got into horror at the end of high school. But uh, I, I look, I love mini Christmas movies. Mini, mini. What do you mean by that? Like M A N Y. Like multiple. Oh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you got the Nightmare on Christmas. You got Trading Places. That's places. a Halloween too. You can't even you got, give me Nightmare Before Christmas. You got Elf, uh, A Christmas Story. Obviously, Love Ralphie. I'm the biggest fan of The Grinch. I always watch that. We'll have this debate later. Okay. Uh, but I can't believe you picked Halloween. That's just, I, that, it's that, shocking how did that to me. surprise you? I'm the Jewish Everything guy you know. over here, and I like Christmas <laughs> movies more than you. It's a shame. Everything you know about me, you thought I'd, I'd lean Christmas. Yeah. No, I guess you're. I guess you're right. Well, we are getting closer to Halloween, and I'm going to tell the folks right now: this is the year that Awad buys the costume early and doesn't wait till last minute. Because year after year after year, it's like October 29th. I've got nothing to wear. I go out to the party store, and there's like nothing left. And I'm always left with picking whatever is left on the shelf. And it drives me crazy. So this is going to be the year I get a costume early. So the question I have for you is, what do you think is going to be the most popular costume this year for Halloween? Ooh. Oh, that's that's. Think a good about question. that for I a mean, second. Previous years, you've had Squid Games. I, I oh, met a no. lot of people that went as Trump. You had a lot of people going as one of the characters from Stranger Things. You've had Spider Man, Harley Quinn. What would be this year's hit costume? Barbie and Ken. Barbie and easy. Ken. That's like, what you're easy. going with. A hundred percent. I think you're wrong, and I'm going to tell you why. Because this costume has already sold out. Okay. We're talking about Taylor Swift and Travis Kelsey, <sighs> the runaway favorite. <laughs> When it comes to Halloween costumes, according to TMZ, congratulations, Travis and Taylor Swift and Kelsey. You're the big winner. Halloween retailer Three Wishes says that the Swift-Kelsey-themed customers are the hit of the season by far. So much so that they are completely sold out. Now, due to trademark issues, neither the celebrity's name... Uh, could be used to the costume, so they're calling it Pop Star Get Up. That went for twenty seven ninety five, and the Pop Star also came with Football Player, complete with a not a Chiefs jersey, but a red basic eighty seven jersey. The combo went for one hundred nineteen ninety five, and men and women have come uh, with their girlfriends and their boyfriends and bought it all. So much so that they sold out. Halloween weekend around Richmond, I'm going to see more Barbie and Kens than Taylor and Travis's. Maybe. I, I, I think guarantee you're gonna see, it. I think you're going to see a lot of Travis Kelsey's, though, because here's the easy thing. Just go with the mustache. I mean, a mustache <sighs> and a football jersey, and you could say you're Travis Kelsey. But every guy that saw Barbie loves Ken. I guess. I don't know how many guys actually went out to see Barbie, uh, but here's here's what I will say is, I th- I think you're you're right. We're going to see a lot of Barbie characters every year. It's always like a movie, yeah. whatever the the uh, popular like a, Harley movie Quinn is. was big. It was so big. The uh, the Squid Games one were funny because like my friend actually bought it online for like a hundred and fifty bucks, <laughs> and he looked like he was in this show. It was like so authentic. I yeah I I respect people that spend that much. Yeah, not me. All right, so what do you think you're going to go with this year? Do you have any ideas? I I I've been stewing on it. Yeah, so I think I have an idea. All right, and it's something that's relevant right now in pop culture, and we'll get to why in a second. I think this year. Now I've gone in the past as Bugs Bunny. I, I've gone. I've gone as 
what's the guy's name? The guy that uh, chases down Cinderella. Prince Charming. I went as Prince Charming once. Mm -hmm. Never found Cinderella. Still looking. <laughs> if you look at my Tinder profile, it says, looking for Cinderella. <laughs> All right, looking for Cinderella. Um, I I've gone away. There's a ton of great costumes. I've done the basic one where you just, uh, you know, you're just uh, an outdoorsman where you wear a flannel. What do you call those guys? L lumberjack? Lumberjack, yeah. I I've done all the good stuff. Uh, I've gone as a VCU basketball player. I've gone as a referee. That's always fun because you can go around handing out yellow cards. That's a red card. Get out of here. Get out. No. No, get out of here. And then you're like, VAR. We're looking at this on replay. Uh, I want to go this year. I think I want to go as a pirate. You uh. like the sound of that? I want to go as a pirate. Sounds like a good costume, and here's why it's relevant. Have you heard about the pirates that are wreaking havoc in San Francisco in the Bay? No. You haven't heard about this? There is legit pirates in the San Francisco Bay area, and with these vessels, they are stealing things and ransacking things. Here's the story, okay? So houseboats and yacht residents in San Francisco off of the Bay have sounded off about several incidents of piracy skyrocketing by uh, people pillaging and plundering their watercrafts. Like it's, you know, BC over Dude, here. That's awesome. It's, it's kind of <laughs> scary, though. All right. They say, quote, the open shoreline of Oakland uh, is littered with sunken wrecks and end-of-life vessels. A crime ha uh, has been taking place, and crime has risen to truly intolerable levels, according to a harbor master uh, during uh, a San Francisco Bay Conservation and Development Commission enforcement meeting. And according to uh, the Fox News Digital Report, pirates are wreaking havoc on the San Francisco Bay. I love pirates. They're See, so cool. I like the idea of a pirate, but I would be so... Have you ever seen uh, Captain Phillips? You no. know, I am the captain now? No, I'm not. I think you'll change your mind about pirates. What? They like, don't care about your life. They come for the money and they don't they don't follow rules and regulations. They're freaking pirates. All but, right. But an old timey pirate, nothing like it. I get it. And and but we're not talking about Johnny Depp. We're talking about people that are like in their 25s and 30s, all right? They're skinny as hell. They're starving for food. They're living out there on the water and then they see a rich a rich fella they're going to come with guns and knives and take everything you got on your boat. It's a scary situation, and Stubb is laughing at the matter. Uh, I, I, I don't see myself in a yacht on the San Francisco Bay anytime soon. Okay. So I'm not, I'm not too worried about it. What, oh. would, what would you do? If, if Let's just say you boarded a cruise ship, all right? Okay. And you decided you're hanging out in the cruise ship. You get drunk, and then all of a sudden you hear an alarm, and a couple of big fellas come up to you with a gun and say, "Take everything off! I want you butt naked right now! Take off your clothes, everything, your watch! I want your glasses! I want your I want your necklace! I want your rings! We want it all! You're butt naked! Then they throw you off the ship, and you're sinking there. What are you What are, What are you doing? Okay, well. I would talk to them first, so that wouldn't have even happened oh, with my charm and live? charisma. They don't even speak English. These are pirates uh, from Somalia or something. I would, I would convince them to let me join them. Oh my! Gosh. I would board their crew. Stub, you've been watching too many movies. <laughs> I, I like you're not Orlando Bloom. Johnny Depp's not going to have you because he likes Kiara Knightley. All right, no, you're going to end up dead and washed up on the shore, and they're going to say, "Oh, that's Stub. Must be, must be some more pirates." Uh, rumor has it that he thought he could just step up to the pirates and speak to them and, and talk them out of it.
Unbelievable. I, I could. San Francisco <laughs> Bay, the crime is rising on the water because of real-life pirates, and Stubb thinks it's like a movie scene over here. It's unbelievable. There's uh, The Daily Mail has a new story uh, from three days ago. Homeless pirates are marooning through the crime-filled area of San Francisco and taking over the bay. They have taken over the bay, Stubb. They're not homeless. The sea is their home. Yeah, I guess. I mean, they're living out there, and then... Man, I, I just so one woman recounted how she had rescued another resident on a sailboat in the middle of the night because pirates slashed his boat and he started sinking. And he's over there with a with a life preserver, uh, you know, trying to save his life. Slashed his boat. What what kind of sword did they have? I I don't know. But there's one video here that I'm seeing, and these these pirates look scary, dude. They don't look like something out of a movie. They well, if you're talking about, they look more like the Captain Phillips movie than Pirates of the Caribbean. I could charm them. These are pirates I of could, the San I could, Francisco Bay. I could win Bay. them over. The pirates of the Bay. <laughs> All right, we're not talking about the Tampa Bay Buccaneers here. We're talking about real life pirates. It's scary. <laughs> But I want to go as a pirate for Halloween this year. <laughs> and now that I'm thinking about it, I'm all in. I want to wear... You know what? I, I think I might have a better chance with the ladies if I just cover one of my eyes. You know, just just one eye covered here. It's, it's authentic. The ladies like pirates. I think they do. Not the ladies of California, though. <laughs> <laughs> but here in Richmond, yeah, we're cool with it. No no bays here. No no bays here. Just the James. Gotta love the James. Got, gotta. I'm Adam Epstein. You're listening to AWOD Radio here on the new sports radio, 910 The Fan, now at 105.1 FM. Welcome back. I'm Adam Epstein. You're listening to AWOD Radio. Here on the new sports radio, 910 The Fan, now at 105.1 FM. The sports leaders here in Richmond, Virginia, talking all things D.C. sports, high school football locally, and, of course, all of the college football programs in the state of Virginia. UVA with a week off and a couple of good ACC matchups I'm looking forward to, including NC State at Duke uh, at 8 p.m., Miami at North Carolina and then, of course, there's going to be a good one from Lane Stadium in Blacksburg, Virginia. Wake Forest at 3-2, and 0-2 in the ACC against the Hokies. It is time for the Cowan Gates Hokies update with Bill Roth. What's going on, Bill? Hey, man. Good to be with you today. Happy Wednesday to you and everyone in Richmond. Absolutely. And uh, how about Tootin being uh, ACC Player of the Week for the second consecutive week? That kickoff return was electric. He was uh, pulling away from guys who were really fast. But, yeah, he was the running back of the week two weeks ago and the special teams player of the week for his performance at Florida State. I thought, man, it's 22-17 to 17 in the third quarter. The Hokies are back in this thing. They've got a shot. And then the Knolls uh, turned it on and pulled away at the end. But Tootin's a really special athlete. It's nice to see him getting some pub. It's good to see him getting the ball a whole lot more. Yeah, I'm, what do you think we learned about this Hokies team in that game? I mean, look, this is a tough FSU team, one of the best teams in the country. You go down 22-0, uh, I, I thought it showed a lot of poise for them to stay in it and make it a one-possession game there in the third quarter. I think we learned that Florida State is really good, and we learned that Pitt is not. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, look, I, I, I think you, I think if you're a Hokies <laughs> fan, you got to be really happy about that performance. Well, yeah, well, I don't know. I mean, you can't fall behind 22 nothing and not get a first down. I mean, yeah. this was the most disappointed that Coach Pry has been after a game in two years. Because of the slow starts. 
Correct. Yeah. And the missed tackles, the things that they had worked over and over on and they thought they had fixed, um, it bothered them. And, yeah. you know, you're, you know, I've got a cl- classes of, we've got students at Virginia Tech that we have 331 kids this semester in our SMA program. And so I, I, I was actually talking with Brent last week. You, you call a kid in and you go, okay, this is, we're, this is how we're going to do it. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yes. Are you sure you understand? Yes. Okay. Let's practice it. And they do it. And then they get on the set and they don't. And they do the opposite and on, on camera. And you go, okay, let's work on this again and we'll fix it next week. Mm-hmm. And you meet. And then they go on the set and do it again. And you'll wonder, I mean, I relate. Like they do it 10 out of 10 in practice and then 0 out of 5 on Saturday. So where is the disconnect? Is it, I asked Brent, is it the, is it the generation is it kids can't remember what's told at 1 o'clock by one thirty? I don't know. Uh, but I think it frustrated him a little bit. So I can relate. If it, I guess if you're a parent, you know what I'm talking about. Or if you're a, if you're a school teacher or a coach, you know what I'm talking about. And I, he, loves the, he loves the players. They're getting great effort. Um, but great effort doesn't do, do well if you're running in the wrong direction. Yeah. And I think that's, that's what bothered them about those long runs again because they thought they had that fixed after the Marshall, <laughs> Purdue, and Rutgers games. It was the same situation. In each of these games, they fall behind by three scores, come back and make it a game, and then give up these massive runs. Yeah. And so if Florida State runs the same play four times and the first four you stuff it, and on the fifth you're over – 10 yards out of position, why? And the same guy or a senior. So it makes you wonder, where is there a disconnect? Is there a focus? Is it, is it what, what is it? And I think that's what got him frustrated the most out of the Florida State game. Um, you know, the offense didn't score at all in the second half. And that bothered him yeah. because they had done things well in the first half. And then in the second half, zero. And that's, you know, you're not going to beat Florida State on the road if you don't score more than 17 points. And I don't know that anybody's going to beat them. Like I said, that's a really good team. We saw how good Florida State was. And you know what? That's what good teams do, right? They expose all of your flaws. So, you know, the spirit is there and the the focus during the week is there. He wants to see it carry over to Saturday. This is the Cowan Gates Hokies update with Bill Roth, play-by-play voice of the Virginia Tech Hokies, and every game can be heard right here on 910 The Fan. Bill, do you have any of uh, the football players in your class? Oh, yeah, we got a bun- bunches of them. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, yeah. We have, in fact, this week is kind of interesting. Uh, one of Wake Forest's GAs is a former student of mine. <laughs> this is That's the first time that's happened, where we have – you know, someone goes to Tech, he's a, he plays football at Tech, he's a uh, student, gets his degree from Tech, but now he's a graduate assistant with Dave Clawson at Wake Forest. He's coming back wearing a Wake Forest hat and shirt, and he'll be coaching against us. So it's, it's, it's very surreal, very surreal. Bill, I saw uh, a couple of things that were going viral this week. Memories of nine years ago with Frank Beamer putting his hand up and celebrating uh, with the scoreline showing 0-0. Zero, zero. How, how funny is that memory, man? It was, uh, it was, I always call that game a tragic comedy more so than a game. <laughs> Tech and Wake ended 0-0. Zero, zero. There were 18 punts. 
There were five turnovers. There were four missed field goals. And it was the most ridiculous game ever because the offenses would drive down the field. You would drive down the field to the 12-yard line and fumble. And then the other team would drive down to the 20-yard line and miss a field goal. And then you drive the other way and throw an interception in the end zone, and they would drive down and miss a field goal. So it was 0-0 at the half. (laughs) And I remember David Hale of ESPN did a story on this, and I shared this story with him. Our producer in my ear told me in the second quarter, he said, we need a highlight for the half. I go, what do you want me to do at 0-0? He said, well, we need a highlight because it's sponsored. And I I went on the air, and I I kind of embellished how great a punt was. Hmm. What a fantastic punt. And look at the poise on that fair catch back on the 18-yard line. Anyway, the game was 0-0. It came down to the very end. Wake Forest drove all the way down to the Tech 12-yard line. And then on the last play of the game, their field goal kicker missed. And so that's when Coach Beamer's hands went in the air. (laughs) Like he just missed the chip shot. We're going to overtime. And Weaver ended up being a really good place kicker at Wake Forest, but not that day. And then in the first overtime, Tech got the ball to 25 and ran three plays and couldn't do anything and kicked a field goal. And then Wake got the ball, and they ran three plays and couldn't do anything, and so they kicked a field goal. So it was 3-3 going to the second overtime. Um, In overtime number two, the Hokies, who, by the way, were loaded with like future NFL players, if you look at the roster, um, the Hokies got sacked and didn't score, and then Wake on its second possession, gained four yards and kicked the game-winning field goal. That was the game, (laughs) 6-3. That's wild. Hey, Bill, we've got to talk about the red zone because Tech ranks last in the FBS in red zone defense and one of five teams nationally to allow opponents to score on every trip inside the 20, 14 of 14. Wake has the worst red zone touchdown percentage, 8 and 23 attempts at 34.8%. I know. Something's got to give, right? Yeah. Wake Forest, when it gets inside the 20-yard line, can't score. They're, what did you say it was? They're worst in the country, right? Yeah. worst. Okay. They can't score. Tech hasn't stopped anybody. Tech's the, so something's got to give if someone gets inside the 20. Agreed? Yeah. What do you think the issue is with, with being that bad in the red zone for the Hokies? Well, on defense... Well, part of it, but they, I mean, they did a really nice job forcing a field goal at Florida State Saturday. So I think we give them credit for that. Mm-hmm. I think that's another thing that's perplexing Coach Pry. I think you can look at the, the rush defense. I mean, you talk about all the big runs that they're giving up. When you get inside the 20, if you're able to run successfully, it's hard for a defense to stop it. They've, they've, uh, they've struggled. And I don't know that it's scheme. You know... You have to be really careful if you're a coach what you say. Um, But I would suggest that there's nothing wrong with tech that recruiting can't fix. Mm -hmm. And I think that there – I mean, you saw saw Saturday, right, the the massive size difference between Florida State's linebackers and safeties and techs. You you could just – during warm-ups you could see it. Yeah. So I I think that they need better players. Uh, If you took 14 dudes off of Florida State – sprinkled them in the Hokies roster, it'd be a much different record. You know what I'm saying? I just yeah. think that that's what that's the bottom line. And, you know, they, they, they're, they're playing hard. They're, there's never been an issue with effort. They're playing really, really hard. Now, sometimes they're running to the wrong spot, and, and that's, that's 
you know, they're, they're making mistakes fast. <laughs> you know, Coach Beam used to say that all the time. If you're going to mess up, at least do it full speed. <laughs> um, you know, and they, and they are giving good effort. But I think, you know, here's here's what the situation where they are now at this point of the season, midway through. They're they're one and one in the conference, right? They're one and one in the conference. They have Wake Forest at home, and they're favored to win, right? Yeah. Texas favored. Then they have an open date, and then they have Syracuse at home on a Thursday night. They also might be favored to win. If the Hokies win these two games, think about this for a second. They're going to be favored to win at Lane, right? If, if they win the two games, they're 3-1 and one in the conference, 4-4 four and four overall going into November with games against Boston College and NC State yeah. and UVA. You know, it's not... There's no reason to give up hope because, yeah, they lost to Marshall and Rutgers and Purdue, but at the same time... Those are non-conference games, and so if, if they can be four and four going to November and three and one in the league, they're right back in the bowl hunt. Yeah, I mean and you got to take advantage of the fact that you don't have Clemson or UNC on the schedule. Correct. Yeah. Correct. Now Louisville on the road—that's that looks like a tough out. Now mm-hmm. I think everyone can agree Louisville's undefeated, but but I, I think Wake Forest and Syracuse, NC State at home, BC and Syrac and and Virginia on the road—that's not a murderer's row. Yeah. Right, I mean, I, I think they got a chance to, to end strong. I really do. They found a quarterback in drones. They're getting some guys healthy. Uh, you know, I I don't I don't understand why Coach Pry was disappointed at the Florida State game, but if they win these next two games, whoa, there's going to be some real hokey hype heading into November. Yeah, and they've got a great opportunity this Saturday at home. Yeah, at home. I mean, Wake Forest hasn't won in Blacksburg since like 1980. What 1983? Oh my goodness. Yeah, so I mean, and, and and Syracuse never plays well at Lane either. So you get these two, and you're three and one. I think the Hokie Nation will be feeling a lot better, and I'll feel a lot better. I, you know, I think you'll feel a lot better. I mean, it just it's just a matter of Florida State has a way, and they're really good. And we have to hope now, as a league, the Florida State runs the table, makes the playoff. I think they're going to be a top four team when the college football playoff rankings are released, mm-hmm. unless they lose. They, they might be higher than top four, and or higher than fourth. And they still have to play Miami, and they have to play the Florida Gators, but they're going to be a solid double-digit favorite in every other game, like yeah. 17, 18-point favorites in every game they play. And if they're 12-0, and with you know they have a win against the LSU, they beat Clemson on the road, You know, clearly Florida State's got a shot to make the playoff and do well in the playoff with Jordan Travis and the team it has. Bill, we got to run, man. Thanks for all, as always, and I'll talk to you again next week. Sellout crowd. We'll talk with you on a Saturday at one thirty, right here on the Fan. Love it. You're listening to the new Sports Radio nine ten, the Fan, now at one hundred five one FM. Your home for the Virginia Tech Hokies. That was the Cowan Gates Hokies update with Bill Roth here on AWOD Radio. Hey. Welcome back. I'm Adam Epstein. You're listening to AWOD Radio. Here on the new Sports Radio 910 The Fan, now at 105.1 FM, always available on the go on the Odyssey app. And we had a really special guest joining us in studio today, VCU head basketball coach Ryan Odom. Sat down for about 45 minutes, uh, got three straight segments with Ryan Odom. So if you rewind on the Odyssey app back to 1230, you can hear the VCU basketball coach Ryan Odom here with us on AWOD Radio. It's going to be available after the show on the best of AWOD radio, which can be found on iTunes and Spotify by just searching A-W-A-D-D-R-A-D-I-O. So we've been doing a lot of college football, 
uh, talked a little Commanders, had Bill Routh on there. Uh, but, Stubb, what do you think? Can we do a little NFL here? Are you cool with doing NFL hits? Does that work with you? I'll allow it. You'll allow it? All right, let's roll. Every regular season matchup, every head coach on the hot seat, the hit stories in the NFL, NFL hits on AWOD Radio. All right, so let's go through all of the matchups, uh, starting with Thursday night football. Stubb, you know how we do the bit here? We rank it from zero stars, meaning it's a total snooze fest, and we give it the dong, or we give it... One star, two stars, or three stars that could make it the certified game of the week. And we start Thursday night football with the Broncos against the Chiefs. And the Broncos have been lousy this season. Russell Wilson, Sean Payton can't get it going offensively. They're one and four. And this game is at Arrowhead Stadium. And Stubb, I don't know if you heard, but I mentioned this on Michael Phillips' show. It is a lock that Taylor Swift's at this game. Thursday night, prime time on Amazon Prime with the Swifties all getting ready to go see her movie this weekend. Lock it in. She'll be at the game. Lock it in. That's my lock of the week right there. Certified lock of the week. Taylor Swift <laughs> at the Chiefs game. I was sad I couldn't uh, prepare a, a report for you. Yeah, I know, she right? wasn't there. She wasn't there. No, she skipped Minnesota. I would skip Minnesota, too. Uh, so let's give that just a one-star game. That's just one star. The one star. Taylor Swift's going to be in attendance. Uh, Sunday, October 15th, starting with the 1 p.m. game of the Commanders against the Falcons. Washington 2-3, Falcons 3-2, above 500. they They're also 3-0 at home, and this game is in Atlanta at Mercedes-Benz Stadium. Look, we'll break this game down later on in the show today, and I'll give you my official prediction and keys to victory Thursday and Friday. But I do think this is a bounce-back game for Washington, and Atlanta's offense only scoring 16.6 points per game. This could be the get-right game for Washington's defense. I think Deron Payne, Jonathan Allen will each have a pair of sacks on Desmond Ritter. We were hoping this could be the Heineke game. It's not going to happen. It will be Ritter at the helm of the Falcons. Give me a one-star for that game, and hopefully Washington can get a win. 9.30 on Sunday from Tottenham Hotspur Stadium in London, England. The Ravens against the Tennessee Titans. Remember, the Ravens left yesterday. The Titans will be leaving tomorrow after practice. I think the Ravens, with the extra time in London, is going to lead to a victory. But look, these two teams have played against each other in the regular season and in the postseason. It's always a defensive battle where it's the battle of the rushing attack. Derrick Henry against Lamar Jackson and whoever else is in the backfield for the Baltimore Ravens. I I like defensive football. I like seeing running backs dominate. Uh, We've had... One decent game in London with the Jaguars and Bills and one bad game with the Jags and the Falcons. Give this two stars, though. Give this two stars. And uh, I'm starting to turn around my thoughts on early Sunday football, uh, especially because I believe we're in the, the international break in soccer. So I'm not waking up too early to watch soccer. Might as well wake up early and watch the NFL. 1 p.m. on Fox. Vikings at the Chicago Bears. That's the snooze fest. Nope. One in four Vikings with Kirk Cousins. One in four Bears with Justin Fields. Yep. You, you don't get any stars from me with that matchup right there. I wish they had to flex that to uh, Wednesday morning at 9 a.m. Uh, Sunday, Seattle at Cincinnati. 1 p.m. CBS. That's a three-star game. That's a th- let, me, let me explain this for a second, all right? 
The Seattle Seahawks are 3-1, and one, and Geno Smith is playing really well. I love how Pete Carroll gets those boys fired up every game, and they play as a team. The Bengals are coming off their best performance of the season, and I believe this is a turning point here with Joe Burrow's play this season. It feels like he's starting to get healthy. He had a couple scrambles where his calf looked much better. I think they get a big win at home. I think it's going to be a very entertaining contest. The over-unders at 45. I think they blow past that and hit the over. Uh, both offenses can move the ball. you got stars at wide receiver with DK Metcalf and Jamar Chase. Give me three stars. That could be my certified game of the week. 1 p.m. on Fox, the 5-0 49ers traveling to Cleveland to face off against the Browns, who did have a full two weeks to prep for this game as they're coming off the bye week. Look, I'm going to give this two stars. You have the 49ers, the best team in the NFL. They're undefeated on the road against Cleveland. So you're going to get Miles Garrett and what has been statistically the best defense in the National Football League this season against what has been statistically the second-best offense behind the Miami Dolphins with the 49ers. Brock Purdy against Miles Garrett. Christian McCaffrey going up against this Browns defense. That's What did I say? Did I say two stars or did I say three stars? Two stars. Two stars. Almost three. Really, if Cleveland had beaten the Ravens and were 3-1, and one, it would have been a three-star game. Uh, Panthers at Dolphins. Snooze fest. Uh, Dolphins win by at least double digits here. I don't understand what the Panthers are doing because they're going to finish with the worst record in football and have a chance to draft Caleb Williams. What are they going to do? Trade that pick and go with Bryce Young again? I mean, he just looks like a child back there playing quarterback. Feels like he's getting worse every game. I've been saying for our Odyssey NFL Survivor Pool, if you're going to pick against the Panthers, you got a pretty good chance of winning. I've done that the past two weeks, uh, but I've already used the Dolphins. That's a no-star game for me. Uh, that is a snooze fest. The line is Miami minus 13.5. I think they cover that. I've got them winning probably by at least 20 points. Uh, Colts at Jags. That's a surprising two-star game. The Colts are going to have to start Gardner Minshew. The Jags coming off of their best win of the season against Buffalo in London. Both 3-2 and two teams, both battling in that division. Um, Colts, surprisingly undefeated on the road this season. So got to feel good about their chances uh, from this game in Jacksonville. Uh, that's a good contest. Anytime you get these two teams facing off against each other, you know it's going to be like a lower-scoring defensive battle. Both teams want to establish the run early. Uh, give me two stars for that one. Saints at Texans. Saints at Texans. Uh, I'll give that a one-star matchup. I'm surprised by how good the Saints have played this year. Uh, Derek Carr is back at quarterback for them. Patriots at Raiders. No, thank you. Cardinals at Rams. Uh, one star, and that is uh, Matthew Stafford leading the Rams to a victory at home. Eagles at Jets, 425 on Fox. Who wants to watch the Jets? They're going to get destroyed by the Eagles. Lions at Bucks. that's a surprising three-star matchup right there. You need something to watch the Fourcock slate? That is a decent one. All right, the Bucks at 3-1 and one have looked really good with Baker Mayfield combining with Mike Evans. He's got almost 400 yards and three touchdowns. The Lions offense is flying with Amon Ross St. Brown. Trick plays. They ran a flea, flucker, a flea flicker to Sam Laporta. Jared Goff, nine touchdowns, just three interceptions. They've been really good. 8 p.m. on NBC. 
Giants at Bills. The Giants are going to get their butts whooped. Monday Night Football, Cowboys at Chargers. That's a decent two-star game. Um, I would love the Chargers to win. I'm always going to bet against the Cowboys uh, because I hate Dallas. Dallas I hate, but uh, they'll probably end up winning that game, uh, a bounce-back game for the Dallas Cowboys. I'm Adam Epstein. You're listening to AWOD Radio here on the new sports radio, 910 The Fan, now at 105.1 FM.